Hey, this is Brian Jump. Welcome to the SAI Million Dollar PDR Podcast. We go over actionable tips that have served my business well over the last 30 years, and hopefully they'll be beneficial to you too. What's going on, everybody? It's Brian Jump. You know where you're at? I don't know where you're at, but I know what you're listening to. This is the SAI, Million Dollar PDR Podcast. What's happening? We're getting into October. Can you believe it? Cannot believe it. October. Gosh, summer flew and we're already into freaking fall. Knee deep into it. Everything good with you? Having a good life? Living your best life, as they say, right? Um, in case it's your first time here, let me give you a quick synopsis, a quick little rundown. We talk all things paintless dent repair, automotive reconditioning, auto body. And then if you really kind of raise it up to about a 15, 20,000 foot level, um, basically service marketing. Um, I will get specific into the PDR, aka paintless dent repair uh, industry. But for the most part, we just, uh, I don't know, we just pretty much cover everything marketing more related than the technical, like how to push out a dent or, you know, that kind of stuff. We will get into that occasionally if that's what you're looking for. But but that's not the prime directive. My, my goal is to disperse and, and help you download all the, the lessons and the successes and failures I've had over the past, uh, I don't know, 31 years, 32 years. It's been, uh, it's been a long, long ride. It's been a long boat travel, long junket. But uh, nonetheless, it's been good. So, so yeah, hopefully you can learn from my, uh, my wins and losses and not step into the same uh, mud puddles that I have, and then also get the big wins that I've had occasionally. And, you know, I mean, guys, I'll tell you right now, it's, it's just been more like you win. One of the, the greatest levers in business is just longevity. You know, if you can just sustain and just stick it out, outlast your, some of your competitors, you're just by default, by attrition, you're going to win. So, and there doesn't take a lot of smarts, in my, in my opinion, just to survive, just Keep waking up every day and doing what you do, you know? Keep pushing. So so there it is. So hopefully that gives you an idea. A um, couple quick things. We'll talk about some news. We'll talk about uh, what's coming up. And then we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of this wonderful episode. So um, Bryce Kelly, uh, a thought leader and high-level performer in our industry, the paintless dent repair industry, that is. And, and he's an excellent marketer and musician. Uh, we're hoping to have him on October 5th. I don't know if it'll go live on the 5th or if I'll edit it and bring it out for the 6th, but, uh, we've communicated with, uh, Senior Kelly and it looks like we're going to be able to, uh, get him on the pot. So I'm really looking forward to that. Never had the uh, opportunity to meet him. Hopefully one of the days that, uh, one of these, um, you know, PDR Olympic deals, or if I'm ever out in Florida, I'll ding somebody's car and give him a call. I believe he, he hails out of the uh, central Florida area, Orlando, I believe. But we'll get into that. So it'll be a lot of learning for me and hopefully for you. So if on that note, if you have some questions you'd like me to postulate to Mr. Kelly, uh, send them over to me because uh, I've given him kind of an outline and we've kind of gone over what we're probably going to talk about. But if you want to uh, Get into a little bit more. Let's talk about it. 949-302-3464. Text me. Um, you can message me on Instagram at DentcoPDR. 
You can email me, brianjjump at gmail. Whatever, whatever way you like to communicate. Smoke signal, just make sure it blows over South Orange County, Laguna Hills area. I'll see that and get your note. Whatever you want. Um, but I'm more than well, uh, willing to try to send it if we have time uh, his way and see what he might respond to if you've got a, uh, a good question. So anyway, um, this weekend... Uh, just got back from a wonderful event. Happens every three years, although this year, because because of COVID, it ended up being five. Um, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know that we are Porsche fans, and we uh, we restore them. I've raced them in the past, hoping to kind of do that again in the near future. Uh, but three kids in college um, that has a way of dampening that that uh, activity. And I shut it down 20 years ago, give or take. Um, so maybe in a more limited capacity, we might do that again. But anyway, there's an event called the Ren Sport Reunion. It's put out by actual Porsche, the factory. And they usually have it at Laguna Seca, which is uh, about six hours due north of here. So I uh, stepped away from the, uh, the PDR duties and business duties Wednesday and went up there for three to four days. And got back uh, over the weekend. And that was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I'm going to post up some photos if you're into Porsches and stuff. Um, it, it's pretty cool. What is it? They do. They have racing events with classic race cars. And then um, in club racing a little bit. They have shows. They got displays. They got interviews with former racers. Back from the 70s on up. Uh, all kinds of fanfare. If you're a Porsche nut, you don't want to miss this thing. It's, it's pretty damn sick. Uh, if you don't really like Porsche, you're not really like a, a crazed lunatic, you shouldn't go because it's, myself included, it, we're all kind of over the edge a little bit. We're a little bit off kilter. But uh, I don't know. If you're a Porsche crazy, you got you got to check it out at least once in your life. Um, we even built a custom Porsche-themed bike, uh, kind of taking off the livery of the famous Porsche Pink Pig from the 70s. Um, You'll see a photo of that on our Instagram coming up. And uh, that was fun. People were taking photos of that thing. That, it didn't take that long. It was just a little bit of work. But uh, but nonetheless, it was a pretty cool little bike. Um, rode that around the paddock for a little bit. Helped out some teams, changed some tires, fueled up some cars. Uh, did a little bit of wrenching just because I was sitting around bored off my ass at, at a couple points. But uh, in between races and such, um, I'm a driver by trade. So if I'm not driving, I'm kind of just like, hmm. But uh, it was pretty cool, though, nonetheless. Met, met some guys from the Porsche factory who designed new prototypes just by chance. And uh, super cool cats. Uh, thank God their English was a lot better than my Deutsch. Um, so we were able to communicate. And, yeah, they were telling me all kinds of shit, uh, which is really cool. So, so, yeah, just nice. Just real, just good people. We're all there. I mean, all kinds of income levels and everything else. And it was just nice to get... Uh, to just mix in with with uh, with car nuts, you know, it's like going to a car show basically, but but a ridiculous car show if that makes sense. So anywho, a lot of fun. Um, okay, so listener questions. I had a couple over the past few weeks, so I'm gonna. Uh, I apologize for not getting to these sooner. I'm gonna do the uh, the first three that came in. Um, here they are. So how? Here's the first one. How can I get more hail work? Um, Oh, how can I get more hair work? That's it. Okay, so so uh, this is, it says John from Minnesota. Okay, John. Um, 
I'll tell you what, how's five to fifteen million dollars a year's worth of hail? Would that be would that be something that would interest you, John, from Minnesota, from the land of ten thousand lakes, or as the Minnesota Twins would say, ten thousand rakes? Um, so if you dig through our archives, and I've talked about it on a few other episodes too, but uh, I do reference it. And I go through kind of a blueprint, and I'm not going to do that this episode because it would take the whole episode, but I will kind of kind of skim the albatross down over the water and then pick it back up into the air, um, if you can picture that visual. Um, basically, you want to run your own your own show. If you're brokering with somebody else, you're probably not going to make you know big money. Um, it, it's not as easy. Uh, I, I outline how to basically run your own retail show. Um, I learned a lot of that by osmosis from a company called Dentcraft, um, whereas they, there was a couple partners, they're former techs, they don't even push anymore, but they go out and the first thing they do is when they, they track storms vigilantly, accurately, and then they fly and or drive out, uh, scope out a great place, and then they tent stake, they homestead the best spot they can find. And those are like the most important things. Find an area that is appropriate, and there's a lot of check boxes that you need to check, which I'm not going to get into. Like I said, I gotta, we got to move forward with this episode. But we highlight that and go through it in detail with a, with a freaking highlighter marker. Um, and you can see all the criteria to check box and how you can do the same thing. And maybe you won't do $5 million. Maybe you'll do three-quarter of a mil that season you know, or just that first storm in a couple months. It's totally doable. But you have to... There's a formula, and I'll tell you right now, there's an old saying that until you've met what the person who gave you the formula, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, huge, I'm hacking this up, but until you meet or match what your mentor has showed you, there's no reason to change the formula. Once you meet or exceed it, then go and put your own tweaks on it. And that's the problem. A lot of people say, well, I'm just going to make a couple changes. What they don't realize is their lack of wisdom kills the, kills the whole gig, right? So... Anyway, so check it out. Go dig up the old episode. Find out how to, how to scout a good storm, how to homestead it, how to get a location, and then bank. The marketing is actually defaulted. It's pretty simple. Um, and you can easily, easily get in some good damn money. All right? So, so there it is. Um, all right, so what else? What else we got here? Um, let's see. Oh. I uh, do I have any other questions here? Give me a moment. Da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah. How? Uh, let's see. No. My biggest dealer is floating me seventy-five to ninety days, and also shorting me almost every check. What do I do, or what should I do? Well, eggs meat basket, right? It sounds like the fact that you're even bringing it up that you have all or a lot of your eggs in a proverbial basket, which is not good. You're in, you're in a, point, a point of weakness, a contentious situation, right? And I feel for you because this has happened to us many a time. And, and right now, we don't even, you know, we're more, we're more retail-based. I mean, we hardly do any dealer stuff, you know? So, so I really recommend that you try to expand and... And get more into retail and less into into the wholesale. Because wholesale is such a, I mean, I mean, there's good money. Don't get me wrong, especially in the auctions and rentals. But man, you're you're at the whim usually of one power monger, and it's just tough. It's just so hard. 
You know, I just, I don't know. So, but that doesn't help you. Let's, what do you do right now? Number one, okay, you got to communicate with them. And you can raise your prices if they're going to slow pay you. And if you're afraid of doing that, that means you need to go out and get some more accounts. You know, take, take the pressure off yourself. Go get a couple more accounts, even if they're not even anywhere near as big. If you can get two or three that will equal or be close to or take the pain away from, you know, or the risk from losing that one, then you can come with a little more balls to the table and say, hey, you know, I don't have a problem. I mean, you guys, for whatever reason, we're getting, we're not, we're getting short, we're getting paid slow. If it gets really bad, you just got to stop doing the account. That's what it boils down to. You got to have the, the courage to walk away. It's happened to us where we've just, just freaking left. You know, so just keep that in mind. I mean, we had a dealer to get sold and they knew what they were doing. They were selling it and they purposely ran up the recon bills and then didn't pay all the vendors for the last month, which was bullshit. And then the new dealer comes in and goes, oh, well, we're not responsible for, for the other incumbents. It's just, it's a shitty play. You know, that won't happen to you with, with retail clients. It's pretty tough. But in the wholesale world, you gotta world, you gotta watch out. And maybe who knows? Maybe that's what's happening right now. Maybe that dealer's getting. Ready. Have you talked to anybody? Do you know? Maybe it's getting sold. You know, maybe they're t- starting to kind of float. Maybe they're having money problems. Who knows? Seen it all. Thirty-one years, guys. You know, you you get a little bit of a bird's eye view of a lot of different stories, right? A lot of different narratives. So. So yeah. So I would I would communicate with them. I would if they're gonna short you or or, or go long. Hey, listen, if I can get paid every 30 days, I'll stick to my price. But right now, I've got to raise my price 25% to handle getting slow paid. It's just the value of the money. I got bills. You know, if you guys weren't getting paid, you'd feel the same way. And they they got to understand that. And if they're douches, well, then guess what? You don't need that account. Your li- Our lives are too short to deal with, with negative, douchey people, you know? So, like I said, the power is in the marketing. And that's what this podcast is all about, right? It's about power. It's about a peace of mind, serenity. You know, getting your time back, getting your life. And you can one step at a time, one golden BB, right? Go get a couple new accounts. And then be polite, but be 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 curt. Be be courageous and just say, "Hey, you know what? Da 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 da. Can we do something about this?" And then if you lose it, you never had it. That's the way I look at it. At that point, it was already gone anyway if they're going to walk on you. They were already going to take a shit. So why why stretch it out? Why go three or four months? Get on it now. All right? So sorry sorry for the bad news, but it's just hopefully you can turn it into, into good news. Okay, last listener question. I keep hiring techs and training some, and they always leave. How can I keep them? Well, that's a good question. I've been in that boat, of course. Um, I haven't lost a lot of techs, and I'll tell you why, why why I was able to have some glue and make it stick, Um, but I have lost some, and it's inevitable, so don't think that you're, you know, Mr. Rudolph Valentino or, you know, Zorro of PDR, where people are just going to naturally be attracted to you, and they're never going to leave you, and blah, 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 never leave the mothership, of course, some people are just wired to go do their own thing, some are not, so what can you do? Well, number one, you have to compensate them. And notice I didn't say money. I said compensation because different people like different kinds of compensation. Some people don't give a crap about, about money. Just enough to get by, but they want more recognition. Attaboys, pats on the back. Hey, you did a great job, blah, blah, blah. 
Well, there you go then. You know, maybe you can pay that individual less, but you really got to kind of support them and acknowledge it and recognize their work. You know, communicate, stay in touch with your techs regularly. Number two, you should be the one who controls your accounts, not the tech. If you're all hands off and the tech's going around and you never visit the, the accounts that they're doing the work for, assuming that it's wholesale, that's just a recipe for losing all, all your shit. And I, I always did that. I always maintained control of the accounts. Now, if you're just giving them retail, you don't need to worry about it because it's not all eggs, one basket. It's a bunch of different, different clients, right? So, so compensate them, whatever kind of compensation they like. And if you're paying them 20 or 30%, God love you. They're, they're going to they're gonna leave. They have to survive. They have to make adequate money. Ha- you have to take away the, the temptations for them to want to hop the fence. Because if the grass is truly greener, guess what? They're going to go over there and mow it. You, you've got to take care of that. And then I'll tell you right now, the, kind of the elephant in the room, but a lot of people don't know is, if you're a friendly, positive person and you have a, a good workplace... If it's fun where people are like, man, I like the culture here. It's just fun. It's energetic. It's, it's fresh. It's not corporate. And I feel like I'm making a difference. That is compensation, my friend. I'm not saying you're going to pay them you know, 10 cents on the dollar, but that has value. And we try to do that. I try to make a fun workplace. I try to make it positive. I try to make it flexible hours. People need to leave for a family thing or this or that. Bonuses, extra money. Yes. Extra time, recognition, accolades, compliments, all of that. It all plays in. It's not, it's not one size fits all. It's not one simple formula. You have got to recognize and take care of your people. You do. And if you don't, then it's not if, it's when. So I hope that helps. And hopefully you'll be able to retain some more people. Okay, so uh, one last thing. I was talking to one of the, one of the former students. Um, he used to be mobile, and he's into his shop now. I think he's maybe two months in, maybe three max. He broke through forty grand last month in September. How about that? Not bad, right? Let's ring the bell. I'm not going to use any names, but very proud of this uh, former student. Very hardworking. He's uh, we've talked about him before on the podcast. But that's pretty good money, right? Two or three months into his retail operation, he's already into the 40 grand range. That's pretty damn hard to do if you are a mobile tech. Just saying. And for those of you out there that are doing mobile and you're like, well, man, mobile's the best. Mobile's this. No, it's not. Yeah, it might be more convenient for the client, but it's not for us. We have to, we have to think of ourselves. And, and yeah, you know, you need to think of the client, but not always put the client in front of you. I mean, why be a slave? Why just be a grinder? Give the client great service. Give the client great, great pricing and, and product. But at the same time, you got to do it your way. Like Frank Sinatra would say, do, do it my way. Because, I mean, customers will just will walk on us. They'll roll on us if we allow them. You have to take care of yourself. You have to make it so you can do volume. You have to charge excellent prices. You have to market to the right customer, all those things, the right avatar, right? You do that and you can see 40 grand and plus. And I'm so excited for him because I, I don't think that's anywhere near the limit. I'll bet you he'll double that. I'll bet you he'll get near 80. Who knows? Maybe even 100 depending on how his marketing goes. Maybe he does multiple locations. 
maybe he really starts to tune his fork, gets, gets the right customers, starts offering some hyper-premium services. Guys, there are people out there that want hyper-premium automotive repair services. And I want you to tell me one body shop that does that. It's very rare. They're out there, but they're rare. Go for that. Fill that need. Fill that niche if you have the market near you. If you serve a ghetto area, it's not going to happen. But if you have a populace that has a sizable upscale you know, market potential, then go, go grab the coins, man. Go get the leprechaun bag of gold because it's there. It's waiting for you. Go get it now. So, all right. So, you have a, on that note, let's, let's do a slight segue, okay? We're going to do a fork in the road, slight turn down a, not a dirt road, just a gravelly road. How's that? So you've got a PDR, a, PT, blah, a retail PDR operation. Can't combine those two words. Retail and PDR don't combine well. Um, just like the gentleman we were just talking about. How could you add another $5,000 a month without breaking a sweat? Oh, and these aren't services. Yeah, I've, I've talked about it. I know. You're like, oh, wow. Well, he's not even going to talk about services. Nope, I'm going to talk about products. So it's just like going to a gym. A gym is a service. People work out. But the people that, that are there are captured. They're captive. You can sell them shit. You know, protein powders and, and energy drinks and pre-workout and, you know, meal plans and, and, you know, clothing, apparel, whatever you want to do. Why can't you do that in your retail operation? Yeah, I know. I don't get that many people. But guys, they're a very hyper-selective group. They all have specific needs that are very easy to identify. Yeah, for real. So what, are they, what kind of products is Brian talking about? Let me, let me tell you. Car care, right out of the gate, right? Of course. You know, swag, apparel, whatever. $220 a day would net you $5,000 a month, roughly. I'm rounding up the math a little bit. But you could sell ceramic, you could sell wax, all kinds of, of car stuff, and really kick some ass. Because guys, listen, people are car culture crazy. The three C's. We get people that want to come hang out at our shop. They come in on the weekends. They come in during the week. They just want to shoot the shit. They don't even have a dent. They don't have any damage. Just, hey, I was in the area. I thought I'd pop in. And th there's nothing wrong with that. It can be kind of irritating. I'm not going to lie. And I, and I shouldn't be irritated. But we're always trying to grind. We're always trying to kind of push the needle. And that means profits and income. And when somebody wants to come hang out, it's future profits, but it's not present Real-time profits, is it? Revenue, income. It's tough. But if you can have some products in your, in your entryway, you know, you can make a lot of money. It doesn't take a lot. 5000 bucks. I mean, you, you're probably going to have at least three to six people coming into your, in your facility, and hopefully you're selling about 30% of those people. Now, if you do that, 75 bucks a person times three, there's your money. That's your 225 right there. Doable. But you gotta have the products and you gotta have them displayed and they've gotta be, you know, you gotta educate your client why. People come in all the time. Some people come in that won't even need service, but I get selling products. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I'm talking about. Let's say you do eight to ten estimates a day and you secure three people. What about the other five? Maybe they would have bought a product, but even though they didn't buy the service. Something to think about. So, and how you get, you could also promote it. You could go through social media. 
build your brand. It's never been easier, guys, to leverage a brand if you know what you're doing. Think premium products and targeting those premium customers. And what are you not selling? You're not selling the Christmas tree freaking air fresheners. Sorry, that's not happening. We're talking like Nordstrom air fresheners, right? You know, waxes, maybe even some touch-up kits, buff kits, you know, the Nordstrom level air fresheners, okay? So, so there you go. Nice little tidbit, right? Something you might be able to use. It, now, if you're a mobile guy, yeah, you probably could still have some stuff and sell to your customers, but nowhere near as easy. And you don't have the wherewithal, you don't have the, the trust as much as a brick and mortar. It's not as easy, is it? So... All right, on to topic number two for the podcast, and then we're, we're going to wrap her up. 1-800-DENT-DOC. Have you heard of them? They've been around a long time. I think it's business as long as I have, like 91, 92. What are they? Well, they're a dent repair company. I don't believe the owner, Darren, I think his name is. I don't think he pushes metal. I don't think he's done it for some time. Um, they were selling dent warranties. They probably still are. And they fulfill those dent warranties as well as other companies' debt warranties, I believe, across the United States. So, on that note, if you go look and see how many reviews they have, okay, they've got probably over 1,500 reviews on Google. Not too many on Yelp, but a ton on Google. So, knowing that, something to think about. There is a lot a lot of opportunity with this type of arrangement, okay? I mean, they're probably one of the best mobile dent repair businesses. They really are. I mean, like I said, they broker, they, they create arrangements, and and basically, it is, it's pretty amazing how, how they do so much business. But like I said, they do the warranties, they fulfill them, and then they broker out the work to other techs. The crazy thing is, which is, I, I, I'll i tell you right now, there's one thing I don't understand how he does it. His, his rating is a 4.9. How do they how do they recruit such good techs? Because there are, I think the majority of the techs out there are still bad. So number one, I will tell you this, all the damage is minor. You know, warranties by default push for smaller damage. They're not doing major stuff. Anything over a golf ball, not even that, probably a quarter size dent doesn't even get, get covered. So that's the good news for somebody that wanted to replicate this. Okay, number one, you either are going to backbone a bunch of other warranty companies or you're going to sell your own warranty and get it done. So keep that in mind because there's a lot of money in, in this operation. What are the pros and what are the cons? Well, the pros are obviously, it's obvious, it's money. High dollar, okay? You have a lot of opportunity to do volume. And you got a lot of opportunity to make some good money. I mean, think about it. If you were doing 50 jobs a day and you made you paid these guys 50%. Okay, that's 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 a lot. Okay, if they're just you know, you're, there's good money. And, and even this, let's just say that you're you're not making money off the repair, you're making money off the warranty. Okay, well, do you know what a warranty sells for these days? A lot. A lot. And, and it's not that hard to get into the dent warranty company. So the cons are is the quality control. You have got to recruit good techs. If you don't, your reputation will go downhill. 
And like I said, a 4.9 on Google, that's pretty damn good, especially at over 1,500 repairs. He's essentially a 5.0. He is. Because people, you're going to get people that are a-holes. So round up from there. They're a 5.0. They're, they're a perfect service. That's strong. I need to get Darren on and talk to him about this. This is, he'd be good for the podcast. I'm going to reach out and see if he'll do it. Um, and then competition. The only other competition is warranty companies. But I'll tell you this. The warranty companies don't fulfill the service. They only sell the warranties and then they broker it out. And they don't, they don't advertise on Google. They don't put the reviews out. Why? Because generally they're not done as well and the repairs are probably a little more sloppy. But that's, that's pretty impressive. Like I said, I, I, I knew they were big and I knew, I knew he was doing some volume, but I didn't know how much. And I think maybe 10% leave reviews at best. So if they got 1,500 reviews, that means do a factor of 10. They got 150,000 repairs. Now, if that's over the last, I don't know, call it 10 years, that's still a lot. You could break that down by day or week. That's some, some heavy volume, isn't it? Heavy hitter. And that means if he sold 150,000 um, warranties, let's do the math real quick. Let's just say he made 600 bucks a warranty. Nah, let's go conservative. Let's, uh, let's do 300 times 300. Wow. 45 million? Hard to believe. But who knows? Definitely in the millions. Tell you that right now, no doubt about it. And who knows? I, Darren may not want to share the the numbers, and you can't blame me if he didn't want it. But I'll reach out to him. I'll see if that'd be a good good podcast episode. And I don't know if anybody's ever got him on. Um, and he's just up the road from here. He lives in the same town as my painter, Jeff, our body shop uh, guru, the the professor we call him. So yeah, so check out one eight hundred Dent Doc. Look at their reviews. You can read read about them. I don't think you'll find. A lot about the actual company. They are always recruiting. I see them at the local dent dent uh, meetups and stuff. They'll have like little little tables with the girls and, and such. And they're always trying to find new techs to, to do the work. But like I said, I think the gold is in marketing the the warranties. And it's pretty simple. You know, these warranties now and a lot of a lot of the dealers now are are um, they're grouping them together with the uh, the mechanical warranties, you know, so I don't know how much more opportunity, maybe the, the ship sailed. It's hard to say because the industry is definitely morphing, but I don't know. I still think there's opportunity there. And I, I've never seen anybody sell dent warranties on the open market. You know, when my company, my customers come in, I've never, I get a lot of customers that come in regularly. I mean, those are the guys who you should try to sell the warranty to. Hey, you know, you've been here four times. Why don't we get you under a warranty program? It's 500 bucks. You know, which is nothing, and you're you're covered for the year. You get a door in. Guess what? Because I get a lot of customers that do. And, and in some instances, you know, you really want people that aren't going to use the warranty, right? You don't want the ones that will. So that's one of the things why I've been kind of kind of tight lipped. I'm like, I'm, I make a lot more money off these people who don't have a warranty. You know, eight hundred bucks, thousand dollars. You know, in a couple of visits with some just simple door dings. You know, versus if they had a warranty, they would have capped out at five, right? Where's the smart money for me? That's right. Not selling them a warranty. Yeah. What do you think, Brian? You're right. I need to think. So anyway, there it is. There it is. Listener questions. We talked about the $40,000 man. 
which I'm not going to mention his name. We got Bryce Kelly coming on. Hopefully, uh, was that next week? No, I knew this week, right? The fifth. Um, and then what else? What else? We talked about how to make more money at your retail operation, pushing swag, um, yeah, all kinds of stuff. Always tossing the value, guys. That's my job. So anyway, check out that Rensport thing if you're into Porsches. If not, don't even bother. But man, I'll tell you right now, really cool event. I'm gonna I'm gonna post up some stuff on the on the Instagram at Denko PDR. Definitely go check it out. So anyway, have a great weekend, a great week. And like I said, if you got some questions you want to answer, fire my way. We'll see if they if they make sense. And then if they do, we'll we'll uh, forward them to Mr. Uh, to Mr. Kelly. All right, all right. That's it. Have yourself a great great week and weekend. Enjoy family and friends and everything else. And we'll catch you on the next SAI Million Dollar PDR Podcast. Bye-bye for now.